Hi, friends. Welcome to the Restoration Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Smith, and I am so excited that you are here. But before we jump into today's episode, I do need to warn you that there will be some triggers. I'm going to dive deep into the messy, hard, and ugly parts of my story, which involves sexual abuse, food addiction, all kinds of things. But what I will tell you is to stick around because we are going to bring it full circle. And I'm going to tell you how God has restored me and redeemed my story to use for his glory. I truly believe that we are all in the midst of a restoration experience. So what is a restoration experience, you ask? I believe that when we begin to shed the shame that the world pins on us in our hard and messy stories and run fast and hard into the freedom, grace, redemption, and victory that God has for us, we are experiencing a restoration experience. I... You know, I believe that when you accept Christ, you are beginning your restoration experience, how long that takes, what that looks like, when it actually comes full circle, we don't really know. Um, A verse that I've really clung to in the midst of my own restoration experience and really is the theme verse for the restoration experience is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. I truly believe that when you invite the Lord into your life, you are truly inviting him to take away the old you and allow the new creation that he desires for you to be to come out. So what does it mean to have a restoration experience? And what does it look like? It looks different for everyone. For me personally, it meant that I needed to make a decision to uproot my life from the middle of the United States. I'm a Kansas girl, go Jayhawks. And run, literally get on an airplane and run across the United States to Maryland and move in with a family that I really knew nothing about. I mean, really, I knew they needed a nanny and I was the one that they chose. And what a blessing that was to just be a part of this family but not just be a part of this family, know that God was going to use them, even though they were a different faith, uh, to change my life. And, and at 22 years old on a youth retreat, I accepted Christ. When I tell you that in my mind, it should have been rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. It was not, it was eight hard, long years. And if I'm being honest with you, uh, 19 years of hard, like hard stuff. It was trying to reconcile how this heavenly father that I had just invited to be the king of my life would love me when my own earthly father didn't love me. It was trying to figure out What does it look like to sit with 
my heavenly father who I can't tangibly see, feel, touch, or hear when I couldn't sit with my earthly father? What does it mean when I've spent my entire life being abused and being taken advantage of and selling my body, like literally selling my body and giving myself away and struggling through addiction. Um, most, most definitely a food addiction, but I would go as far to say that I was right on the realm of an alcohol addiction. When I left college and moved across the country, part of it was because I woke up after a blackout drunk episode and realized that if I didn't choose to make a positive change in my life, that my life wasn't going to be what I desired for it to be, which was to have a career and a family and hopefully eventually get married and be whatever the world deemed at that time successful. And so as I got to know Christ and I chose um, for several years to have one foot in and one foot out, meaning that I was still serving, still going to church, still going to Bible study, still living in that Christian community most of the time, that the other part of the time I was in the club, in the bed, in the bar, in the world. And it was literally exhausting. I was also still battling this food addiction of every time something emotional would happen, I would run to what brought me comfort at the time, what I felt like was comfortable for me, which was food, right? So I didn't have a care in the world because in my mind, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to church. I'm serving. I'm in a Bible study. I have Christian community. Yeah, that, that's all great, but you either need to be fully in or fully out because living partly in the world and partly committed to your faith, not only is it exhausting, it's not honoring to Christ. And so at 30 years old, a friend sat me down and, you know, now I can say to her, like in that moment of when you came to me and you held me accountable, I didn't truly understand what accountability was. And so I was very angry and very, very hurt when she sat me down and she said to me, it's a little hypocritical for you to stand in front of a group of teenagers and tell them not to go have sex with their boyfriends or their girlfriends when you walk out this door and you go find the person who's going to make you feel valuable that night. And I was like, who are you to tell me like what I should be doing with my life? And also if nobody can see what I'm doing, who, who is it hurting? And I hadn't quite figured out. I wasn't quite so committed to my faith or had done enough research or put myself under the right teachers to learn that secret sin is still sin. The world might not see it. My Christian community might not see it, but my God sees it. And uh, the last thing I wanted to do was hurt the Lord, right? So I had all these things swirling in my mind. And, and at that time, there was an opportunity for me to go away. And it could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could have been a month. 
I mean, it really didn't matter um, to this quiet place on the beach. And this is really one of the most favorite parts of my story is where as I'm packing to go away to the beach, because who's going to say no to a beach retreat? I'm like packing, packing, packing. And you know, the right thing to do when you love Jesus is always have your Bible, right? So I threw my Bible and my journal into my luggage and off I went to this place on the beach that had no cable. Um, very, very limited internet access. Uh, my phone service was in and out. And there really wasn't an opportunity to binge watch Netflix or uh, be on the internet browsing all day long because there wasn't access to that. And so I did what I knew what to do best. I pulled out that book I brought with me, the Bible, my journal. I took walks on the beach. I sat on the beach. I sat on the balcony of this little tiny cottage on the beach. And I just leaned into him. And I cried. And I journaled. And I had long conversations with him. And it didn't even matter that I couldn't audibly hear him back. Or he couldn't answer a question I had. Or tell me what the best thing to do was in that moment, I felt so close to God that I was like, I need this in my life all the time. So at 30 years old, I made a commitment, me and God on that beach, I'm going to go home and I'm going to change my life. I'm going to get rid of the unhealthy men in my life that are causing me to uh, stumble and to feel valuable because really in reality, they're making me feel invaluable. I'm going to begin to lose weight because my body is a temple and I've been on an incredible weight loss journey for several years now. I'm going to prune my life of unhealthy habits and unhealthy people. I'm going to stop going to the club on Saturday nights and getting blackout drunk and then maybe dragging myself to church on Sunday. And I made a commitment and that commitment still stands in my life. And you guys, the way that God has poured immeasurable grace onto my life, the way that he has filled my heart with joy that I did not even think was possible, the way that he has given me um, the community that I have longed for, the gift that I have prayed for. I, I don't think that there are words to describe it. What I will tell you is that not everyone's restoration experience is going to look like mine. And this didn't come with just sitting on the beach for two weeks and praying to God. This came with a lot of hard work, a lot of counseling, a lot of sexual trauma counseling, a lot of reconciling, like, how am I not going to have sex when I've spent every day almost for the past, I don't know, 20 some years almost having sex every day? How am I going to forgive my mom and my dad for abandoning me, for abusing me, for telling me that I'm not good enough? How am I going to allow myself to feel emotions that I never felt before? And you know, when you surrender things in your life to the Lord, he provides for you in ways that you did not even know that you needed or were possible. So for me, 
I sat in a doctor's office and she said to me, she's like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but what I do know is that you've been sexually abused. How did she know that? I never told her that. And you need a sexual trauma counselor and a sexual trauma gynecologist, and I'm going to help you get that. And you guys, life-changing. And then I went to this counselor. We did really, really hard work. I was scared of bathtubs because I, my dad tried to drown me in a bathtub at five years old. I had not been in a bathtub in years. And a few years ago, I took a bath for the very first time. And a few weeks ago, I actually said to my friend, I wish I had a bathtub. Something never in a million years that I think I would say. I did some hard work on what it was like to just forgive and to let go and to change my phone number so that my dad couldn't reach me and to prune away these men who I was holding on to because they brought me quote unquote value. And you know, once I was done and I had come as far as I could come with that counselor, I got a new counselor who's helped me do some really hard work. And several months ago, I think that God redesigned freedom in my life, if I can put it that way, when I was able to forgive my abuser, my father, when I was able to say, I actually have compassion, anger, sadness, and forgiveness. And I can hold all of those emotions together and I can forgive my dad and I can be set free in this part of my life. Because here's the reality. When you're not forgiving someone, you're not doing them an injustice. You're doing you an injustice. Not only are you not honoring God, you're also holding yourself back from freedom and you're holding on and harboring feelings and emotions that are not moving you forward. And if it's not moving you forward, why are you holding on to it? Now, I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. I'm not saying that it's something that you're going to be able to do right away. But what I am saying is that when you're in the midst of your restoration experience, God's going to do some incredible, incredible things. Not only have I experienced forgiveness, I've experienced a true like value of community. I have an amazing group of women in my life right now who um, I call them my baby mamas, which we'll get to that in a second. And they love me. They hold me accountable. They encourage me. They walk alongside me in all of my dreams and all of my hard stuff. And I had to get to a point where I allowed them in and I, and I trusted them and I wanted them there. I have been given the greatest blessing I could have ever, ever received. Um, some of you know my story. You know that I've shared this before. Of course, I want to be a wife. I'm single and having a partner is something that I desire. But more than having a partner, I wanted to be a mom. And I look back on my life and I'm like, there were so many opportunities where I should have been a mom. But God protected me even when I didn't know him and even when he wasn't the center of my world, he protected me and never did I have a baby. But a few years ago, God gave me the gift of a child through an unfair way of life. Um, he lost both of his parents and his parents chose me to be his mama. 
And I love that kid like I birthed him and he literally is the greatest gift that I've ever received. And God has given me a church family that loves me beyond measure. He has put me in spaces with people who I can share my story with, who love me through it, who don't judge me, who are allowing me the opportunity to use my story. So why do I think that a restoration experience is important? And why do I think that sharing other people's restoration experiences are important? Because when we decide to surrender our life to the one who loves us unconditionally, Jesus, things change. We literally, like that verse says, we become a new creation. But it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that's easy. It's not even something that I feel like I can fully wrap my brain around sometimes. But what I do know is that God desires that for you. He desires to take your ugly, your hard, your messy, your sad, and he desires to turn it inside out and make it great. He desires for you to be restored. He desires for you to know that your past does not define your present or your future. And you can make a conscious decision on how you're going to move forward. You can make a conscious decision to allow him to restore you, to redeem you, to bring you to a place where you can look back and say, I have experienced freedom. I am relishing in the grace that I know on most days I don't deserve, but he pours it out on me in, in waves that we don't even expect. You are living in redemption. You are redeemed from the things of the past, the things that have held you back, the things that have happened to you, the things that you have done. And you are chasing victory because God is standing at that finish line, whatever that finish line looks like for you. Maybe it's release, releasing yourself from addiction. Maybe it's sharing your story for the first time. Maybe it's forgiving someone from your past. Maybe you don't even know what victory looks like, but I will assure you over and over and over again as we move forward through the stories and everyone else's restoration experiences that God is waiting. He is waiting with gold pom-poms and confetti and whatever victory looks like for you. He is waiting. He is waiting for you to run victoriously into what he has for you. And what he has for you is even better than where you're living now. Even if you've had a restoration experience, there is always, as I said at the beginning, something waiting for you to be victorious in. So why do I think it's important to share these stories and why am I so excited to bring you stories from other women and potentially men who've had restoration experiences because I truly believe that God gives us stories and testimonies not for ourselves. He gives them to us to share with the world so that people can see that they're not alone. The very first time I was invited to share my story, 
I was scared to death. I had never in a million years, aside from my counselor, I thought that I would stand in front of someone and say, I've sold my body for money. I've been addicted to food. I've been addicted to alcohol. I gained almost 600 pounds. I've been sexually abused by my dad and my brother. My mom abandoned me. My grandparents raised me. I grew up poor. I don't know how to manage money. I don't know how to love myself. Who wants to stand in front of people and admit that? But what I will tell you is that when I did this, I experienced more freedom in my life than I had ever experienced before. And that's what I desire. And God has called me to this place of restoration. And not only has he called me to this place of restoration, he's called me to run alongside you in your own restoration experience. And so what that looks like for me is sharing other people's restoration experience stories. It means sitting with you in your heart and messy through restoration experience coaching. It means hosting an event every year where women come together and share their hard stuff and encourage each other and experience freedom understand what grace is, really realize that redemption and victory are waiting for them. And you guys, I I can't even begin to imagine the stories that are going to come out of this podcast and the ways that women are going to begin to experience freedom and understand grace and really truly believe that redemption and victory are waiting for them. And I am excited as I continue my own restoration experience to pop on occasionally and give you an update and share with you the exciting things that God is doing in my own life. So I hope that you are ready for some wild and crazy rides because some of my upcoming guests, their stories are going to blow your mind. And I cannot wait for them to share their restoration experiences with you. And surprise, my next guest is someone who's very special to me, someone who is a huge part of my story and will be not only the first guest, but probably the only male voice that will be on this podcast for quite some time. So with that, I'm going to tell you that I hope you will join me on the next episode to hear my special guest. I hope that you will begin to sit with God and ask him what your own restoration experience looks like. And I hope if you're ready to run hard and fast into that, that you will find me on social media and send me a DM and let's get started because I'm waiting. I believe that prayer changes things. And I have a dear friend who says that when you pray, things will never be the same. So I'm going to end this with praying for you right now that you would really take time this week to think about your restoration experience. Father God, thank you. Thank you for restoration experiences. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for grace that we don't deserve. Thank you for redemption in our heart and messy. Thank you for victory. Father God, thank you for celebration. Thank you. Thank you even for the hard stuff because without the hard stuff, we wouldn't have to rely on you. We wouldn't know who you are, Father God. Father, I thank you for my own restoration experience. You know, I get asked all the time, would I change my life? Absolutely not. 
because Father, you have used every single thing that I've been through to develop and mold me into who I am. And you're using my past right now to change other people's lives. And I am in a place where I realize that my past does not define my present or my future. Father God, I pray as we go through this week that we would really stop. And if we haven't experienced a restoration experience, that we would ask you what that looks like in our own personal lives. If we're in the middle of a restoration experience, I pray that we would find a friend that can run alongside us, that can hold us accountable. And Father God, if we have no idea what a restoration experience even looks like for us, or if we have no idea if we've ever experienced one, I pray that we would reach out to someone who can also walk through that. And Father God, if we are on the other side of a restoration experience, let's celebrate. Let's loudly celebrate. Let's share it with the world. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share stories, Father God, and I pray that this podcast and these stories would bless someone, and I pray these things in your name, amen. You guys, I'm so easy to find on social media. I am at Colleen Samantha everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all the places, and I would love to hear from you. I would love if you don't really truly know what our restoration experience is, send me a message. Let's get on a call. Let's talk through it. If you're ready to share your story with someone or you need some coaching, let's talk about how we can work together. If you just need someone to pray for you, I'm here for that too. Thank you for being here and I cannot wait to run this journey with you.